Welcome to this uh, webinar called Social Dilemma, question mark, marketing manipulation. This is going to be quite an interesting little debate. And what I want to do uh, at the end of this uh, session is to open up the microphones so that you can have your say, hopefully uh, have a little bit of a discussion around this topic. I mean, it's something that came out of a conversation that um, I was having um, with um, one of the apprentices who I look after um, called Callum and uh, we were talking about the whole kind of uh, concept and the film Social Dilemma on Netflix and I'm going to show you a little trailer for it. Uh, if you haven't yet seen it I would strongly recommend that you do and then you can form your own opinion um, but we were having a conversation about this and discussing whether or not it was kind of thing that we do actually as marketers. So that's what we're going to cover in this webinar. We're going to explore whether or not as marketers we do as much or maybe part of the manipulation of our customers and our audiences as is intended or as is suggested by the movie The Social Dilemma which you can find on Netflix. So we'll have a little look um, to start with at the trailer for this particular uh, movie. So just refresh your mind if you haven't seen it recently. Uh, but if you haven't seen it at all, watch this because this is really quite interesting. When you go to Google and type in climate change is, you're going to see different results depending on where you live and the particular things that Google knows about your interests. That's not by accident, that's a design technique. What I want people to know is that everything they're doing online is being watched, is being tracked. Every single action you take is carefully monitored and recorded. A lot of people think Google's just a search box and Facebook's just a place to see what my friends are doing. What they don't realize is there's entire teams of engineers whose job is to use your psychology against you. I was the co-inventor of the Facebook like button. I was the president of Pinterest. Google. Twitter. Instagram. There were meaningful changes happening around the world because of these platforms. I think we were naive about the flip side of that coin. We get rewarded by parts, likes, thumbs up, and we conflate that with value and we conflate it with truth. A whole generation is more anxious, more depressed. I always felt like fundamentally it was a force for good. I don't know if I feel that way anymore. Facebook discovered that they were able to affect real-world behavior and emotions without ever triggering the user's awareness. They are completely clueless. Fake news spreads six times faster than true news. We're being bombarded with rumors. If everyone's entitled to their own facts, there's really no need for people to come together. In fact, there's really no need for people to interact. We have less control over who we are and what we really believe. If you want to control the population of your country, there has never been a tool as effective as Facebook. We built these things and we have a responsibility to change it. The intention could be, how do we make the world better? If technology creates mass chaos, loneliness, more polarization, more election hacking, more inability to focus on the real issues, we're toast. This is checkmate on humanity. So 
So if you have not seen the movie, I would strongly suggest that you watch it. It's an hour and a half that is going to change the way that you view social media. And I think certainly from my perspective and the conversation um, that I had with Callum to kind of come up with the whole idea um, of you know running a, a webinar on this topic of is this what we do as marketers? Um, I think one of the things that I did was kind of look inwards really in terms of the way that you know I positioned the marketing that I do um, and and really kind of explore this whole idea around uh, the social dilemma as being almost like a little sort of conscience or a little filter that kind of sits on your shoulder and says, are you doing this properly? Are you doing this right? Is what you're doing fair? Are you being coercive? Are you being manipulative? And I thought it would be a very interesting um, experiment, really, to explore this from our perspective as marketers. But the first thing I want to do is kind of give a little bit of a balance here. I'm not here to say that the social dilemma is good. I'm not here to say that it's bad. I'm not here to judge it in any way, shape or form. I'm just here to say it is a film well worth watching because it will ask questions of you. It will challenge you. It will make you look at the whole social networking environment in a uh, a very kind of open way. And I think um, it just, if it, it makes us feel more present in that space, if it makes us more conscious of what's going on, that can only be a good thing. Now, as a movie, it's had uh, very, very mixed reviews. And I say mixed because there's a real spectrum. Um, it's gone from, you know, very positive um, sort of uh, reviews like clear-eyed and comprehensive, The Social Dilemma presents a sobering analysis of our data mind present. Um, that was a review on RottenTomatoes.com, um, all the way through to the other end of the spectrum where NME said its intentions are good, but Netflix doc, The Social Dilemma, is as manipulative as Facebook. Now, I guess that if that is a starting point, what we're not here to do is say it's good, bad, or it's indifferent or whatever, and actually have any kind of judgment. As long as what we're doing here is just kind of opening our minds to the way that we operate as marketers, the way that we operate as commercial people, looking to influence behaviours, looking to um, get people to act in a certain way, to maybe engage with our products and services, and do things that are beneficial to us. And that is really our remit. That is what we are tasked with doing as marketers. So for me, it's quite an interesting question to ask, as marketers, are we as manipulative as these social networks described in the social dilemma? If they're using data to shape and inform behavior, to influence, well, isn't that what we do? If they're using knowledge about us behind the scenes to influence how we think about things, how we interact, how we go on journeys through products, services, websites, isn't that what we do as marketers? So this is something I really want to get into as, as we go through this session. And as I said, right at the beginning, we'll open up the mics um, at the end of this uh, short presentation where I'm just going to really highlight some of the quotes and maybe into, into sort of um, integrate the um, social dilemma claims and statements with actually some of the practice that we have as marketers, um, just to kind of set the scene, if you like, for what I think is going to be quite an interesting discussion at the end. Um, and if you then have views or any kind of ideas around this be great to hear those as we go through that so this is the question i'm posing is are marketers as manipulative as the social networks that we've heard described in this particular movie now 
keep your mind open, keep the uh, the views kind of on both sides right now, because what we need to do is kind of have some definitions. We need to set the scene for that question, because otherwise we have our kind of personal views. They're very subjective. They will be loaded based around our experience and our perception and our likes or dislikes of marketing and, and social media. So if we kind of make this a little bit more objective just to set the scene. So the definition, when we use that word manipulation, the definition is that it's controlling someone to your own advantage, or it could be defined as to manage or influence skillfully. Okay, now there's baggage associated with this, because controlling someone to your own advantage, well, if that's all it's doing, it is just for your own advantage, that doesn't feel like a particularly authentic, transparent way of living, being as a business or as a person. And to manage or influence skillfully, well, that could be with the right intentions, that could be a good thing. Maybe if it's not just for your own ends, but actually looking or seeking out a win-win a scenario for all parties involved, then maybe that kind of influence of behavior could be seen as a positive thing. So there's, there's possibly, again, a spectrum here to play with. Now, we know that when we look at uh, influencing behavior, communication and um, interacting with others in a communication or in a conversation that we have as marketers, that we are behaving here in a sort of a psychological way. So I looked up the definition of psychological manipulation. And this, this plays out as a type of social influence that aims to change the behavior or perception of others through indirect, deceptive or underhanded tactics. Now, of course, somebody very skeptical about what marketing is about could say, well, that's what you do. You're a marketer. You're trying to influence me. You're trying to control my behavior. You're trying to make me click on that button because it serves you. And in fact, from a psychological perspective, if I'm very busy as a consumer or as a customer, I might not even stop to think that that's what you're trying to do. And I just blindly click that button. So you could argue that there is some kind of manipulation going on there by each and every action and interaction we try to stimulate. The quote goes on to say then, by advancing the interests of the manipulator, well, okay, that is what we're trying to do. We're trying to sell product. We're trying to sell service. We're trying to get more likes. We're trying to get more people into our database. Isn't that what we're doing? So, you know, if we're being brutally honest here, that we are actually trying to advance our interests. But this is the bit that I really want us to pick up on here, which is often at others or another's expense. And of course, such methods could be considered exploitative and devious. So this is the balance that I think we need to talk about and explore. It kind of moves away from being about manipulation and it kind of moves more into influence, if you like, when you actually are representing and responsible and accountable for somebody else's outcome as well. So authentically doing it this way, you could argue, well, actually, it's not manipulation. Yes, it's psychological influence and it's psychological um, you know, control and management. Yeah, those things could come into play. But as soon as you start to do it at somebody else's expense, then it becomes manipulation. So we're looking at a spectrum of interaction here. We're looking at possibly a level of transparency and authenticity that moves this away from what we've just been hearing. But 
And of course, the big but here is if we look back at some of the quotes, and I'm going to go through some of the quotes that we've heard as we go through that movie. Um, and if, if you've watched it, some of these will um, resonate with you and you will, you will have heard these before. I mean, one of the quotes that really stood out to me is that Facebook could trigger users' behaviours without their awareness. Now, of course, we know that to be true. There's a lot of you know, very, very clever algorithms at play within Facebook interacting with um, sort of audio search, interacting with text search, interacting with, you know, your behavior, what you like, the interests that you have, the profiles and the demographics around your account. But also interestingly, and I've seen personal evidence of this over the years, also your friends and your friends of your friends, that can also influence the behaviors and the triggers and the algorithms that are going on within Facebook and the version of Facebook that you see. From a marketer's perspective, isn't that just exactly what we're doing, though, when we plot out a customer journey? Because we want to move people from being aware of our product and service. We want them to move them through a journey that gets them eventually to a point where they'll convert and beyond that into a place where hopefully they stay in touch with us. And we can then build up loyalty, build up advocacy, and we can retain them as a customer for the value of creating more business. So isn't actually that what we're doing when we start to create a customer journey? Again, comes back to intention. What is your intention as a marketer? Are you doing this for the greater good? Are you doing this with a higher purpose? Or are you here just to kind of influence behavior to take somebody through that customer journey? This thing I've already mentioned a few times here about kind of authenticity. For me, this is coming um, sort of becoming very, very pertinent because, you know, another quote that came out from the movie was that fake news spread six times faster than true news. Now, whether or not that's backed up by a lot of evidence and whether it's four times faster or 10 times faster, it doesn't really matter. The concept is that information is out there that may not be as authentic and true and transparent as other information. And that kind of information spreads faster. It has more influence. So the thing I could equate that to potentially is fake customer reviews. You know, not every organization, not every business is going to be completely authentic by the reviews that are given on their website or in their social media. They're getting friends and family and maybe even doing it themselves. We know that is not a necessarily a completely legal, completely authentic way of doing business, but companies do this. And of course, that kind of customer review spreads really fast. Oh, look, they've got a five star review. This must be a good product. But how do we know that that review is completely authentic? So as marketers, if we were to turn the mirror back on ourselves, are we actually doing what is being suggested in the social dilemma? This is a really interesting one. When you go to Google and type in climate change is, so we saw this one in the little trailer there, you will see different results depending upon where you live. Now, of course, Google would say, well, yeah, absolutely, because what we're doing is we're presenting information back to you in the context of things that you've told us you're most interested in. So we're shaping the environment online in accordance with what you say, how you behave, what you want to see, so that you, where based where you are, are going to get a different result to me based where I am and based on my lifestyle and my demographics and my persona. So for me, being a big and huge advocate of doing marketing by customer personas, isn't that what we do already? 
Aren't we trying to go down to this level of one-to-one -one marketing, which is really the ultimate level of marketing as we create customer personas? And with each persona that we create, we try and manipulate the data, manipulate the offer, maybe offer different products and services. So aren't we actually doing exactly that? Creating almost this artificial perception of who we are so that it fits more appropriately with that customer persona. Is that right or is that wrong? I would argue personally that it's a good thing because we're adding extra value and extra relevance to that customer. But a cynic, somebody coming in and saying, hmm, all you're trying to do is you're trying to manipulate that person to do more of what you want to do. Big question, is it the right thing to be doing? Where do you draw the line in that kind of behavior? And of course, when we start to think about all of the kind of analytics, the big data that goes into you know, how we create those personas, again, Social Dilemma says, well, every single action you take is being tracked. But from the minute you turn on your computer or your smartphone in the morning, every single thing that you do has a footprint, has a, a, a crumb trail, has a way of you know, manipulating how you then interact with that data going forward, how you interact with that business or that company. So are we not just part of this great big data-driven machine? As marketers, I would say we're probably getting more like that. I would say we're getting closer to watching every single piece of information that happens around the interaction between our customers and ourselves. I mean, just take something like heat mapping on your website, for example. You have got access to a number of different services. I mean, I use Hotjar as an example to be able to see exactly where the mouse is moving for an individual customer as they move around my website. So I know exactly what they're doing in real time, virtually. And so I can do this, you can do this. So as marketers, aren't we just doing more of the same? And how right or wrong is that? Well, the argument, of course, in a positive way is that yeah, we're doing that because then what we want to do is adjust it to make it more user-friendly. That's the phrase that we use as our little get out of jail free card. The little caveat that says, yeah, we're allowed to do this. But is it right that we should be doing this? Again, there's two sides of the coin. It'll be very interesting to hear in a moment what you think. And of course, there are teams of engineers whose job it is to use your psychology against you. But isn't that social marketing, this thing that I've been defining as the difference between social media and kind of customer influence, social marketing, this constructive influence of behaviors? Isn't that what we're trying to do? We're trying to get people to do certain things at certain times for certain reasons. That is what our role is in marketing, is to make it super efficient for both parties. But is that right? Because this is part of you know, our role, but we're also part of this big machine doing this stuff. And then when it comes to actually using that kind of data, when it comes to using that kind of influence, what we tend to try and do then is, you know, build some kind of loyalty, sort of almost give back to the customer who follows either blindly or follows in a, in a really kind of you know, accepting way, the customer journey that we've plotted for them. If they do the things according to the rules that we set as marketers, we reward them, we give them loyalty, we give them discounts, we give them first view of a new product launch, we give them special stuff that rewards them for their behaviors. And of course, what happens in social media? 
And the quote is, you get rewarded by hearts and likes, and we conflate that with value. Is it not just our version of the same thing? I think for me, this is where you know, the social dilemma and the way that we actually use this kind of subconsciously with our customers, this is probably one of those things that is as close to the social dilemma from a marketing perspective as any of these things we're talking about. This whole thing about rewarding and value, because doesn't it keep our customers close to us when we reward them? Don't we build loyalty by just dangling a little carrot and giving them a little something? But who's the benefit really to? Is it to us? Probably is. Otherwise, why would we be doing it? So I want to really position this on you know, both sides of the coin here. But it's not all bad. It's, you know, one of the things that came through very, very clearly here um, is that, you know, back in the day at the start of social networking, at the start of this whole new digital space that we all live and breathe from the minute we wake up to the minute we sleep um, in the evening. One of the quotes was there were meaningful changes happening around the world because of these platforms. So some of the things I've been talking about potentially could be thrown at us as marketers in a kind of a negative and challenging way. And I would probably respond and say, yeah, but these things taken in a bad way and actually run in a, um, a sort of a manipulative way. Yes, I agree. But actually with conscious intentions, doing these things in the right way, surely if we're authentically offering a win-win scenario, just because we know we can influence the behaviors, because we know we can take people on journeys, if we've got conscious good intentions, surely we can be part of the, the good that can come of effective marketing. Having said that, again, the, the, the sort of thing swings in the opposite direction because one of the quotes that really stood out um, to me, and obviously having children, this would really resonate with me. Um, the, the idea that a whole generation is more anxious and depressed. There's a huge amount of research, really strong evidence and research around this that says the emerging generations who have only ever known uh, social media as a, as a world in which they sort of partially live um, are being um, yeah, sort of influenced to a level where it's very, very um, sort of negative in terms of their kind of social well-being. Um, from a marketer's perspective, are we again not part of this when we start to look at influencer marketing? We might not be spending huge amounts of money going for the, the big picture, the big sort of um, uber influencers, but certainly in our own areas, in our own sectors, you know, the micro influencers, again, are we not using those individuals and those people to kind of almost set the scene of, you know, if our customers are not interacting with these products and services, they're not part of the community, then they're not worthy. You know, is this the right way of using influence in its broadest sense in the marketing that we do? Again, we could be challenged. So maybe we have to have answers that can actually stack up around this whole story. And of course, this is what I might term sort of marketing 2.0. Back in the day, marketing 1.0, where it was all about, hey, here's my brand, here's my story, here's the brochure, here's my website, you know, do you want to buy? And of course, then it was just, that was all it was. But now we have this marketing 2.0, where it's all about conversation, where it's all about the careful use of data, the careful use of messages and communication, you know, potentially as consumers, if we take their perspective just for a moment, we have less control over who we are and what we believe because we don't necessarily know 
how authentic and true the messages that we're being bombarded with actually are. And now with this whole kind of fake news um, environment in which we're in, we don't know whether or not this is just conspiracy theory, whether it's fake, whether it's real, whether we can trust it. So how do we take this forward as a marketing community? I mean, it's really important to sort of have both sides of this equation and really be thinking about it, not from a judgmental perspective, but just from the perspective of, we need to take this seriously because a lot of people are now talking about, and of course the quote that you probably recognize from that trailer, and it comes through in a number of places in the actual movie, if we don't get this right, this is checkmate on humanity, and I would put in the caveat here, as we know it. So we're not here to say social media is all bad. We're not here to say it's wrong. We're not here to say we need to boycott it and abandon it. But with the evolution of marketing AI, we have got to take a lead here on the way that we position marketing in this new social environment. We know that there's a blend of communication, both in real time and in present world, as well as digital at the same time. So as human beings, we can be in multiple places in a moment, literally in a single moment. We can be here talking to somebody, but actually having a conversation in the palm of our hand with somebody somewhere else on the planet in real time. We know that. But how is that going to play out as we start to see the introduction of marketing AI into the mix? For me, it's all about intention. It's all about taking those few steps back. And actually, as the quote came from the movie, the intention here could be, how do we make the world better? How do we not focus on fake? How do we not focus on influencers for influencers sake? How do we actually bring this back to something that's much more meaningful and real? How do we focus on purpose-driven marketing and not just purely on marketing that actually ends up being for our own good and in, you know, for our own sort of benefit and for our own sake? So I'm going to challenge you then now with the question is, as marketers, what are we actually doing? What should we be doing? You know, if we are basically able and willing to focus authentically on win-win value, then maybe we can move away from this kind of self-centered, profit-focused, ego-driven, subversive control that is suggested in the movie. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to allow you to um, open up your uh, microphones now. That's all I wanted to share really on this whole topic. Um, and I'm just very interested to know if you have a view, if you have a perspective on here, and I know a couple of you at least do because we've had recent conversations on this one. It would be very, very interesting to uh, sort of hear sort of your view and kind of what you're uh, sort of thinking about both what I've said but also uh, your take and actually what you've seen and maybe experienced on you know your side of the uh, the equation here because for all of us you know there is a different perspective and that is the beauty of what we have uh, to play with here. So to kick things off, I'm actually going to, because we had a little talk about this uh, yesterday, didn't we, Connor? We talked about this uh, at some length. I know you're on the, uh, the session here. I'd be very interested to know um, your view uh, sort of on this, because I know this is something that's, um, well, it's pretty, pretty close to both of our hearts here, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really like the presentation, uh, Neil. Thank you. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, having watched it literally just last night, so I'm kind of fresh off the bat <laughs> in, this, uh, in this sort of stuff. 
But um, I think coming, like I did like the way it kind of ended in because it was very doom and gloom for most of it. It didn't leave you feeling too confident um, in how data is being handled. But um, I did like kind of how they rounded it off with uh, you know, it's not a bad thing. It just needs to be in the you know taken in the right way. I think the biggest thing that seemed to scare me the most was the fake news aspect of it because it's so influential. And um, uh, I think us as marketers have to, there's an element of us taking responsibility for anything that we know can cause that sort of harm. Um, from my own perspective, in my, in my own role, in my business, it's not too much of an issue because we, uh, you know, people have to consciously subscribe to our marketing email service in order to receive our emails. Um, but there is still that manipulation and you know, we, we create lifecycle campaigns that, as you say, create a customer journey and you know, people are being unknowingly or knowingly marketed to and trying to persuade to make another purchase or um, think about uh, you know, buying a certain product. Um, it's just interesting. So there's a lot buzzing around my head at the moment, but I think us as marketers need to, there's an element similar to how we uh, how GDPR became a bit of a thing, but people still handed over their data anyway. Marketers need to also take responsibility for anything that could prove slightly influential, um, similarly to how they said in the documentary, how you know uh, Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, whatever, need to take responsibility for any political um, outcomes for any political ads that get pushed out. I think that was the thing uh, later on in the documentary. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, thanks for that, Connor. I think it's a really interesting point that you make there about the whole kind of sort of GDPR um, example, because I think um, a lot of what we've been talking about here is about the conversation. It's about the kind of the marketing. But I think you know, the way that you kind of described there this almost responsibility of marketing to be able to kind of justify that with good intentions, we've followed a process, it's a traceable process. We, you know, we've got the permission to add the person to the database. We've got the, um, the accountability of actually showing how we've joined the dots. You know, we've actually got the person's um, permission to do certain things um, as, as part of this journey that we've choreographed. And I think that's a really important thing, having a process that's really robust, that can be almost accountable for itself. I think, I think that's a really good point because otherwise, you know, we can find ourselves kind of chasing our tails really here, trying to justify, you know, how we're not like this. But I think if we've got good solid processes that say, hey, you know, with due due, due, due due diligence, try and get the words out here, what we've done is we've been able to kind of, yeah, cover all the bases. We've kind of done it to our best intentions. We've done it to the best of our ability to give, um, you know, part of the accountability of the relationship with the customer over to the customer. So they've been able to choose the things that they can engage with by saying, yes, contact me by email, but not by phone or um, vice versa. And I think that's a really important thing in that kind of relationship that we're building, which obviously the film has suggested isn't the case when you actually sign up for some of these social networks. So I think, yeah, that, that diligence of, of kind of process, I think, is a really important one. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, that's the whole you know, GDPR thing and people, they, they should, in theory, in, the, in these companies' minds, I think they think that, well, we've told them now because they, you know, they took a box and they've said and they've agreed the agreement. People don't read it, though. And I think people need to, it just needs to be, it's not a, it's not a bad thing, as they say, it's not a bad thing. And there's, you know, there's a whole moment throughout watching it that um, 
you know, I'm going to delete my Facebook straight after this documentary is finished, but also it doesn't quite solve the problem. Um, and it's better, you know, if it's it, in the right hands, it's not a bad thing. It's just people are being manipulated in the wrong way. And people don't know what they're, how what they're seeing ends up on their phone screen. And there's a certain degree of education on behalf, on behalf of, um, on behalf of the, um, of the companies that are running the, you know, running these platforms, I think that needs to come into play rather than just a tick box with C's and C's or whatever to say, yeah, this is what we're going to do. You can change it here. And then the fact that also, if you want to change any of your privacy settings for anything that you're seeing, it's almost like there's a, there's a multitude of things that you've got to do. They don't make it necessarily very easy for you. Is another thing that um, I was considering when watching it as well. Is that there's, there's a huge educational aspect on behalf of these big companies as well. Um, and for us as marketers, of course, it all comes back to that too. Yes, and I think at, at every point in the journey, I know customer journey sort of came up a couple of times in the presentation and, and, and you've mentioned it as well. But I think for me, one of the key things is that um, it, it is, it's the quality of that ongoing conversation, isn't it? Because, you know, you can say with somebody, okay, we, we got you through an advertisement, so we've got you into the journey. Now we've got your permission to send you emails. Okay, right, so we've got that box ticked in the database, so now we can just do that forever and a day. I think what you kind of highlighting there is the fact that it kind of, it doesn't stop at that stage. It kind of, it's throughout the journey, so it's throughout the relationship. And for me, marketers doing it that way, it doesn't then become something that the customer then has forgotten the permissions they gave as part of their part of the relationship. I think if we're constantly going back to them and, you know, doing surveys, asking for feedback, you know, having proper conversations, not just kind of one way promotional type marketing. I think that is proper kind of relationship building. And I think if, if it's done that way, and I know certainly in, in business to business, it's kind of um, often sort of seen that way. Way because of the the kind of complexity of the customer relationship but in certainly business to consumer b2c worlds it possibly is a little bit more vague that once you tick those technical boxes for gdpr you can do anything and so i think what you've kind of highlighted there is the fact that it doesn't just stop when you've got those permissions there's a responsibility on marketers to make that an authentic experience right the way through that lifetime of engagement i think that's really really important mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm interested, um, Callum, I see you're um, sort of on the session here and it was it was our conversation um, that we talked about uh, a little uh, a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it, that kind of stimulated this whole um, you know, sort of webinar and uh, this actual recording. Be interested to sort of hear your kind of view and your take on this, because um, I don't know whether you're able to unmute your uh, your microphone for this one, but um, yeah, kind of, kind of where's your head at now, having sort of thought about this now um, in the sort of uh, the weeks that have gone uh, sort of in, in between? Yeah, um, I haven't seen it. Um, obviously, I saw the sort of trailer at the start and sort of get get the gist of it um, mm. from, from the presentation. Um, yeah, I, th I seem to remember us talking about um, Amazon as well, I think, on the call and how different is it to what Amazon are doing in terms of are they manipulating our buying behaviour? Um, or are they, at the end of the day, just making it very, very easy for us to to purchase things, and um, and uh, making it very relevant as well, uh, based on you know what we've what we've bought previously. Mm. I'm sure that there's a, a huge amount that goes goes behind the algorithms, which determine what they are uh, suggesting we should buy. Um, but yeah, I just wrote down like a couple of things. Like, I mean, most companies and, and to a certain degree, Amazon as well, 
um, but most companies sort of like use their USPs when they're marketing. And then, of course, there uh, are sort of organizations like the Advertising Standards Authority, and et cetera, which sort of regulate a lot of that. And generally, the USPs are fairly positive, um, you know, whether it's, you know, they've got a great product or the price is really low or the service is really good. There's, there's all, you know, they most companies try and add value. And that, and I think that's really key. And that tends to be what, what works best for, you know, when you're mm. marketing, whereas what I think a lot of social media does and it, it, and sort of what this sort of Netflix documentary is discussing is um, social media, not trying to get like uh, customers per se, but users. And so they're trying, they're just basically just trying to promote engagement. They just want you to be on their as long as possible engaging with the most things possible and if people obviously it says fake news is spreading that much quicker well that's obviously because people engage with it more so it's almost like a moral question of should facebook be spreading fake news and sort of like the other social media platforms um mm. which is quite a negative thing whereas most companies for from like a marketing perspective they are promoting usps which generally are quite positive and you're telling consumers look this is why you should buy from us because of x y or z and it's you know if you're not being very transparent or you're talking nonsense and actually it's not your usp at all generally you get found out generally speaking it doesn't work but with social media you could do something quite negative in terms of you know basically if something works that isn't in terms of driving engagement that isn't necessarily a very positive thing, they're still going to do it because that's like a KPI that they work to. So it's just quite, quite interesting. And then I was, I was watching a podcast the other day about just sort of like how we learn things, just like in, from like a general perspective. And um, one of the ways in which we learn is um, from authorities. So if, um, you know, if, you, if, you, if your doctor says something, you know, or you've got, x y or z you tend to trust them because they're an authority within that sort of uh medical space and i think social media is also like maybe becoming a bit of an authority in too many people's lives and maybe particularly the younger people growing up with it and so there's like a, a probably a bit, bit well far too much trust in some mm. cases of what is displayed on there um so yeah those were the two points that that i sort of made in terms of having social media as like a form of authority which I guess they sort of allude to with like, um, you know, if people put, you know, they judge their value on likes and therefore the platform is um, uh, uh, quite an important place for them. And then, yeah, the, the authority aspect and then the, the general sort of like um, engagement factor and that and the sort of KPI that, that they obviously work to, because I guess their main goal is just to get people using the platform as, as much as possible. Mm. Um so yeah, that's that's sort of what what I was sort of thinking about. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. There's a couple of points that I've kind of sort of picked up from what you said there, and I think one of the key things for marketers is to really be thinking about, and yeah. and it's a bit of a, a sort of a pet topic of mine, which is this whole word users. Um, there's a really interesting quote that, um, yeah, you have to watch the movie to get the actual quote, but it's. Um, something that something like the only two um, marketplaces that use the word users um, are it and um, the drugs industry 
um, the kind of illegal drugs industry, not okay. the pharmaceutical <laughs> industry. And I just think that's a really interesting one. And yet as marketers, we still do when we're on a website, we talk about website users. Well, they're not, they're our customers. And I think, again, there's another little kind of reminder to ourselves that, you know, as marketers, we should be really, really passionately thinking about these as like real people, because I think that takes it the, the kind of like the moral end sort of up to a real level. So when we talk about customers, they're real people who we can, you know, sort of see their emotions, we can feel their reactions. And I think that's really important. And I think the other thing as well, just um, that I picked up from what you said there was this whole thing about the level of influence and I always talk a lot about you know lots of marketplaces give the opportunity to be a thought leader so you can actually go in and become a thought leader around a topic but with that not only comes you know great marketing opportunity because all eyes are on you and all ears are pointing in your direction but there's a there's a um responsibility for you to be completely authentic and honest and actually not misuse that position because you know as you say there is a an opportunity maybe to manipulate behavior based on that new position that you've created so i think there's a lot of kind of responsibility and accountability that comes with doing this right and i think going forward that is one of the big big differences between you know that ego driven profit focused kind of marketing and yeah, the right kind of marketing. I think it's going to be very, very important. I think it's going to become going to become very much more obvious what companies are doing, um, in terms of the ones who are in the right camp and the others are in the in the wrong camp. And I think it's going to be, you know, honesty will win in the end of the day. Well, that would be my big hope for this anyway. So any, any other comments at all? Um, any other sort of observations? Obviously, what we're able to do is uh, you know, continue the debate and uh, continue some of these ideas as people have a chance to reflect um, by, as we always do, using the uh, the chat facility underneath. And of course, if you're watching this on catch up, um, that will be the place where you can do this, and we'll uh, we'll come back in and check from uh, time to time. Hopefully, keep the uh, the conversation going. Any any final sort of thoughts at all from anyone on the session? Um, Neil, I just wanted to touch on what you said about. Uh, and thinking about customers as real people, as marketers, um, and uh, the fact that in terms of a level of customer service and the differentiation between sort of marketing and customer service, and even the fact mm. that we're trying to automate as much customer service as possible, and that's really the last um, sort of authentic tab we have on the customer is actual you know, conversations that we have with them when they're at their worst. Um, I just thought that that's you know, it's it's something that we shouldn't really lose sight of if we're looking to you know, be authentic, be be ethical in this new world, sort of mm. um, using people's data. That it's it's best not to I don't know to be in some of these like more traditional, not necessarily like offline, you know, phone call conversations or you know just normal email conversations that you have when people come in with a complaint about anything. That's really yeah, and and at the moment you know with a lot of things coming in with things like chatbots and things like that where you don't even have to you know, speak to a real person. I think Absolutely. it's, I think mm. it's important to keep a tab on that, especially in marketing. But, um, mm. And I think at the end, at the end of the day, I think you're absolutely right. My personal view is that you know, that is, you know, the the ultimate backstop, isn't it? That yes, we have these amazing technologies. We have all this incredible data. You know, if if we do this thing right going forward as a marketing community, the final end of the whole process is that well, ultimately, it's still a person 
communicating with a person, even though we might have all this myriad of technologies and amazing sort of clever stuff in between us, ultimately it's still one person talking to another person. So if we can just retain that as a, as a backstop and then just use everything else for efficiency and for process and for, you know, just making the experience great, but just know from both ends of the, um, the relationship that actually if we need to, we could meet up or if we need to, we can just jump on a face-to-face call if we need mm. to we can just pick up the phone i think you're absolutely right this is human to human even though we might be you know ai driven data centric you know full of technology it's still at the end of the day it's still human to human so yeah let's honor and respect and enjoy that i think you're absolutely right mm. and i think especially in our business we're trying there's a big push to try and get customers to self-serve and use our knowledge base that we keep updating so we're just it's something that we're really excited about but you know the more i think about it it's the more we're pushing people away um from having that face-to-face conversation which is letting them do the work which is you know it has its benefits but also it's yeah it's just adding to the fuel of everything that this documentary was really talking about and that people just don't you know they don't really have that same interaction anymore especially a younger generation um yeah it's just interesting to think about something to take back Mm, absolutely well what amazing opportunities i think we've got because if we can get this right again from a competitive perspective we're going to take a huge lead but i think as a as a community of marketers i think this is something we we do need to continually think about so you know as i said earlier i would certainly welcome any more uh, sort of comments and debate um, use the messaging facility uh, after the uh, um their live uh, recording has finished um, use the messaging facility below uh, this window and uh, yeah share your thoughts share your feedback and if you haven't watched uh, the social dilemma on netflix uh, get yourself along to watch it because it really is a real eye-opener even if you disagree even if you agree um, that's pretty much um, irrelevant really it's all about just opening your mind to some of the opportunities and hopefully then together we can be a stronger more powerful uh, more authentic more credible marketing community and i think for, for most of us that's really where we want to get this to so thank you very much for coming along thank you to those who have uh, contributed to the, uh, the conversation at the end there which was really really interesting got to, some really nice sort of points uh, aired there and um, i look forward to talking to you again on a webinar very soon my name is neil wilkins and thank you very much for joining us today